This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. In a civilized and cultivated country, wild animals only continue to exist at all when preserved by sportsmen. The excellent people who protest against all hunting and consider sportsmen as the enemies of wildlife are ignorant of the fact that, in reality, the genuine sportsman is by all odds the most important factor in keeping the larger and more valuable wild creatures from total extermination. Theodore Roosevelt Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Wild Initiative Conservation Coffee Break. Today I am here with Gray Thornton of the Wild Sheep Foundation. Gray, thanks for taking a minute to talk with me. Hey Sam, it's good to be on your program. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Um, So really, if you could just give us a quick introduction of yourself, what you do with Wild Sheep Foundation, and then uh, really the general description of Wild Sheep Foundation and kind of your general mission. Uh, Sam, I'm the uh, the president CEO. Um, I've been with the foundation about 11 years. I've been involved with the foundation through through other uh, NGOs in our in our industry for um, another 20 years or so. Um, in its industry, about 30. But uh, the Wild Sheep Foundation was formed in in the late 1970s. Uh, it was actually formed as the Foundation for North American Wild Sheep. Uh, and the bottom line is, Sam, is unlike elk and mule deer and white-tailed deer uh, and other, other species in North America, um, wild sheep and, and bighorn sheep in particular were so few in numbers uh, that from a state and provincial agency standpoint, they just didn't pay their way. Um, it's estimated that Lewis and Clark made their way west. There's about one to two million bighorn sheep in North America, Canada, U.S., and Mexico. Due to um, sadly, you know, overharvest, you know, feeding an expanding nation moving uh, moving west, uh, unregulated hunting back in the day, and and then primarily uh, disease that was caused by bringing domestic sheep and goats into wild sheep range, 
uh, those one to two million bighorn sheep were reduced to about 25,000 by the late 1960s, early 1970s. I mean, we had literally wiped out uh, the bighorn sheep population, primarily, again, due to disease. So a, a number of organizations were formed, and one of which was the Foundation for North American Wild Sheep. And the idea there was to raise money and be a partner with state, provincial, and tribal agencies and, and make bighorn sheep restoration a priority. Uh, and we and our partners in the state agencies, the provincial agencies and tribal agencies and a number of our chapters and affiliates, uh, early organizations like the, uh, the Fraternity of the Desert Bighorn in, in, uh, in Southern Nevada, uh, Rocky Mountain Bighorn Society in Colorado uh, and others. Um, we have increased the number of bighorn sheep in North America to 85,000, so about a three-fold increase. Uh, that's a that's a great step. Uh, another conservation success story, uh, quite frankly, and unimpeachably funded 100% by the hunter conservationists. Um, you know, we've we've done uh, we've done a great job with our partners, but we can do a lot more. So, what are some what are some of the major, I guess, issues that uh, the Wild Sheep Foundation is currently tackling in North America? Um, Sam, it's it's the same issue that that caused the demise of bighorns in the first place, and that is uh, disease. Uh, our our vice president of conservation, Kevin Hurley, spent 30 plus years uh, as the bighorn sheep biologist for Wyoming Game and Fish, and he's he's got a statement that I always uh, often use: "It says bighorn sheep are born looking for a place to die." Um, what's so sad and crazy, Sam, is, you know, here is a species that lives in one of the most harshest environments on this earth, you know, at elevations up to, you know, near 14,000 feet or 14,000 feet in Colorado, uh, as a desert, uh, you know, the desert version lives in some of the most arid and rough environments, you know, in the, in the Southwest. Um, and while they are hardy from an environmental standpoint, they are very weak from a respiratory standpoint. So once again, when bighorn sheep uh, and potentially thinhorn sheep, their cousins, the doll sheep and the stone sheep, come in contact with domestic sheep and goats, very often uh, pathogens are transferred by the domestic stock to the wild stock that the domestic stock is relatively immune to, but the wild stock is not, uh, often resulting in uh, pneumonia and death to the bighorn sheep. Uh, not unlike what happened with the, the Europeans coming to North America and bringing uh, novel diseases that the native population, Native Americans, uh, were, were completely naive to, smallpox, chickenpox, you know, diphtheria, the other, you know, other, other, you know, other diseases like that or uh, pathogens like that. So that's, that still remains the greatest challenge. Um, Wild Sheep Foundation is a multiple use organization. Uh, we, we recognize that there are uh, others on the landscape other than just bighorn sheep and, and, and doll sheep. So we do work with uh, the wool growers uh, of, of our country and the wool growers of, of Canada uh, to try to find collaborative solutions to keep the two cousin species separated. Uh, once again, the bottom line is when the two come together, 
the likely result is a bighorn sheep death. So um, that's the biggest challenge. Um, we spend millions of dollars on disease research. And, and again, that's what Wild Sheep Foundation is best known for is, is uh, you know, focusing on our purpose to put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. Um, just last year, we spent $5.6 million in programs doing just that. In the last five years alone, $23.7 million to restore bighorn sheep. <coughs> so we put our money where our mouth is. The challenge is, Sam, is we don't have the silver bullet. Even though we spent millions on disease research, uh, it seems that every time we turn over a stone that we think we have the answer to, to, you know, to find the, you know, either the, you know, the, uh, you know, you know, whether it's a vaccine or a, a, a simple solution to produce mycoplasma ovo pneumoniae free domestic sheep, uh, there's five more stones with five more questions under it. So very, very challenging. Uh, but the Wild Sheep Foundation is up to the task with our agency partners and and in many jurisdictions, partnerships with uh, agriculture to see uh, see if we can find some solutions to this this problem and bring uh, bring bighorn sheep in particular back to uh, you know to their greatness quite frankly it is very difficult to find in the western united states and uh, even western canada safe places to translocate bighorn sheep because of proximity to domestic sheep so i think you guys uh, at wild sheep foundation may have a very interesting perspective on this um you may have heard it before. I think one of the biggest criticisms of hunters as conservationists is the concept of, oh, the only reason you want to save these animals is so you can hunt them next year or whatever it is. What would you, what would be your response to someone that asked that? You know, Sam, you nailed that. And, and, and interesting enough, yes, the Wild Sheep Foundation has an amazing perspective on that because we can give countless examples, countless examples of volunteers, members, people that give time, talent, treasure, hundreds of hours of volunteer work, working on guzzlers in southern and central Nevada, repairing guzzlers, working on transplants. And Sam, you know, as, as you know, as a hunter, it is very, very difficult to draw a bighorn tag <laughs> in the lower 48. Mm -hmm. And so here you've got men and women who are dedicating their time, their money, their, you know, their interests and their efforts to a species that they haven't hunted yet and they may never hunt. So, you know, yeah, you know, the, <laughs> the bottom line is we do as hunters enjoy, uh, you know, hunting the game, but, Hunters, as you know, and I know, were the first and the foremost, and we remain the first and the foremost conservationists. We know that without our efforts, without the hunter conservationists, there's not going to be the deer, there's not going to be the elk, there's not going to be the quail, there's not going to be the ducks, the geese, uh, or the bighorn sheep for our sons and our daughters and our granddaughters and our grandsons to enjoy in the future. So, um, you know, to, to those that question that, 
I'd also say put your money and your time where your mouth is. Come, mm -hmm. uh, come get involved with an organization like Wild Sheep Foundation. Join as a member. We have non-members that are that are, are non-hunters that are members. Welcome them into our ranks because our first and foremost interest is to focus on the resource, that bighorn sheep or that thinhorn sheep. And what we've been doing in the last few years is working the, the same model of conservation, restoration, trap and transplant, uh, user-funded um, conservation by selling special conservation permits uh, to bring the same conservation model that's worked so well in North America to Central Asia. We've got initiatives in Kazakhstan, we've got initiatives in Tajikistan, and initiatives in Mongolia uh, that are doing just that. Fantastic. So if people, two-part question here, if people wanted to find Wild Sheep Foundation online, where can they look and how then can they get involved? Uh, great uh, for the opportunity to, to, to express this. Get uh, Go online to wildsheepfoundation.org. That's wildsheepfoundation.org. Or you can follow us on Instagram. You can, uh, you can find us on Facebook. We've got a great social media presence. Uh, we have chapters and affiliates uh, throughout um, the Western, throughout the United States and Canada. We've got our Eastern chapter, we've got a Midwest chapter, we've got an Iowa chapter, we've got a California chapter, we've got affiliates like Nevada Bighorns Unlimited, Fraternity of Desert Bighorn, Wild Sheep uh, Society of British Columbia, Alaska Wild Sheep Foundation, Yukon Wild Sheep Foundation. So throughout North America, we've got chapters and affiliates that you can get involved locally. Uh, you can join as a member at wildsheepfoundation.org. We have something really cool we call the Less Than One Club, and that's for the aspiring sheep hunter. We started that in 2013, Sam, and what it is is you join uh, the Wild Sheep Foundation, you join our Less Than One Club, we give you a cool t-shirt, and it's got a, a Less Than One and then club logo on it. And what that means is you have not yet taken a wild sheep ram under fair, fair chase, free range conditions. We put you in a drawing uh, at our annual convention that's held in Reno, typically in January. We got a big beer bash with about 1,500 people that will go through 35 kegs of beer in an hour and a half, two hours. And Sam, we give away to members in that room uh, sheep hunts. Uh, this next year in Reno, January 16th through 18th uh, is our convention. Uh, on the 17th, we'll have that less than one club reception in, uh, in the Reno Spark Convention Center. And four guys or gals are going to walk away with their first sheep hunt, courtesy of the Wild Sheep Foundation and our donors. That is really exciting. Um, all right, y'all. Thank you for joining us for today's conservation coffee break with Wild Sheep Foundation. Make sure y'all head on over to the conservation segment of the Wild Initiative website. That's thewildinitiative.com slash conservation. You can scroll down or search for Wild Sheep Foundation, find their profile there, and get links to all the socials. And make sure y'all join up, join that less than 1% club. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for the opportunity, Sam. Uh, appreciate being on.
brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV.